1: friends. This is Eunice. Thank you for joining me today. First off, I just want to wish every mother listening a happy Mother's Day. I hope that you have a beautiful day just being celebrated for who you are. And so along that topic, I feel like the Lord gave me a message to share with you all today about spiritual fathering and mothering. And so I just wanted to start by sharing about the story of Joseph. And so Joseph in the Bible, um, for those of you who aren't familiar, he was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers. And so um, it was a really hard time for him as he was not only sold into slavery, but also like wrongfully jailed during that time by Potiphar's wife and all these things. But then something that is so significant is the Lord just brought him up into a place of power and influence. And so that's the part that I'm going to jump into and read to you guys. Because um, So what's happening in the context of the story now is he is seeing his brothers who sold him in slavery, into slavery. Um, so he is going to reveal himself to them for the first time. So I'm going to read from Genesis 45. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land and for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance, so then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me Pharaoh. To, he made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all of Egypt. Okay, so I feel like there's so many amazingly rich principles from Joseph's life, but the one I wanted to focus on today was just. Um, This idea that God sent him and he became a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. Now, there's so many different applications in his story. But another thing that I want to point out to you guys that's so significant is the verse ahead of that, which is, So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. That is a hard concept for me to wrap my head around sometimes, because if you think about it, it's like, wait, like the, the brothers are the ones who threw him into the pit and sold him as a slave. So why is he saying it was a Lord? Because isn't that such a terrible and horrible thing to experience? And so that's just a mystery that I, you know, um, walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord about sometimes because it really still is a mystery to me. But something I want to share about is this idea of spiritual fathering and mothering. So he says that I, the Lord made me a father to Pharaoh. What does that mean? It means that he became like an advisor to Pharaoh, a word, a person who gave a word of influence. And because of that, really significant word of influence the lord brought him into a place of power in that kingdom and so i just wanted to share that thought with you guys because if you think about it Um, this is a concept that my husband and I are really passionate about is pouring into the next generation of people because really um, I think that's also just part of who we are called to be as believers in the body of Christ is that our lives are not for just our own like my family is not just for me and my family to enjoy it's really for us to be pouring into the next generation to be showing people the love of God through our family and so that's something that my husband and I have loved doing is mentoring young people so that they could just see our normal family just loving the Lord whether it's here or whether it's in um, you know for a time we lived overseas wherever it might be the Lord I feel like just called us to the same thing which was to show people his love through our family and so You know, I remember one time when we were overseas, my husband was just thinking about this idea of spiritual fathering and mothering. And something that the Lord really spoke to him about is, you know, sometimes when you think of a spiritual father or mother, you think of someone with like these long gray hairs and they are so wise and that's why they are a spiritual father and mother. But something that my husband was thinking about Um, that the Lord unpacked for him really was, when do people become fathers and mothers? Is it when they're in their 80s or 70s or 60s or even 50s? Usually it happens when people are in their 20s or 30s and sometimes in their 40s. And so if you think about that, my husband was like, it's funny how often we as people look for a spiritual father or mother in these very older people that have like gray hairs and they are so wise. But really in the natural, when people become parents, it's in their 20s or 30s or or early 40s. So what is it that makes someone a parent? And so something the Lord uncovered for my husband and was speaking to him about was how people become parents when they're willing to take responsibility over that child. And so I just want to encourage everyone listening who thinks that they have nothing to offer as a spiritual father or mother to the next generation to really question that thought because really I think that there is a lot that you can still offer. There are people that are waiting to be discipled, who are waiting to um, just journey along with you. And the question that I would ask you is the question that the Lord really asked my husband and I is, are you willing to take responsibility for these people like that's really what it takes it doesn't take this whole resume of wisdom necessarily now of course if you have that that's nice but really isn't it someone who is older just journeying and walking with alongside someone else and so that's something that I just wanted to encourage you guys about because I remember um, someone even sharing with me how, you know, as a married couple, they didn't feel qualified to even be, um, even think about doing premarital counseling or something for um, young couples until they had been like 15, 20 years married. But something that I just encourage that person is I personally don't believe that. Because if you think about it, um, like, let's say that you started pre, like, doing premarital counseling for couples in your church and you guys are five years married. Yes, you might only have like one baby, you have only lived through five years, but something that I just wanna say to you and encourage you, if that's your case, is you do have wisdom to impart. Some marriages in this world don't even last five years. And so there are marriage principles I feel like the Lord taught you in those five years that you can actually impart to those that newly engaged couple. So I just wanna encourage you not to disqualify yourself if you feel disqualified because you're not old enough or you don't have enough experience. Because really, I think that the Lord can give you the wisdom to father and mother, the next generation coming after you. I mean, think about um, Pharaoh and Joseph. I'm not sure of their ages. I'm sure maybe if I research more, maybe I could figure it out. But if you think about it, he's not talking about age that made him qualified to be a father to Pharaoh and to be a father in this nation. He's talking about the wisdom that the Lord gave him. And he went through the fires of testing and he came out shining. And so that's something that I just want to encourage you guys about because I think that, um, you know, sometimes, Even young people, you have gone through some fires of testing. And if you have come out shining, that is a testimony that you can impart and encourage the next generation with. So I just wanted to share that thought with you guys. My next point is I had this random dream that gave me the idea of talking about this. So follow along with me because it's kind of a funny dream. So I had this dream. Now, those of you who know me and follow me a little know that I love this K-pop band called BTS. So if you jump in my car with me at any given time, either I have worship music playing or I have BTS playing. And I just love their music for whatever reason, even though I don't really understand anything they're saying. But anyway, (laughs) so I had this dream about BTS. So a couple weeks ago, I had this dream where um, I saw, okay, it was like I was a third person observer. So I saw one of the BTS members, his name is RM, and he is also like the spokesperson leader in BTS because he speaks the most fluent English of all the members. So I see RM in the dream, and I see another, a person of color, making fun of RM and BTS for being Asian. Okay, and I remember thinking in the dream as a third party person, I was like, oh, my gosh, do they know who they are? They're like BTS, you know, (laughs) and for those of you who don't know much about BTS, like BTS has actually even um, surpassed album sales beyond the Beatles. And so they're a pretty big deal around the world. So I was thinking, oh, my gosh, like RM and BTS, like they're going to be so mean to this guy and just like shut him out because he's like saying racist things to them. But instead, the next thing I see in the dream is RM comes alongside this young person of color, and he kind of puts his arm around him. And the next thing I see him is he's leading him and just encouraging him like, oh, do you like music? And then I see him like mentoring him in music to the point where he they, bts is mentoring this young person of color in music so that he too can be a successful musician and so i wake up from this dream and i'm just thinking it's like a pizza dream because you know it's random <laughs> but in the car later when i was driving my son to school i was praying about it and i really felt like the lord was unpacking a message to me and speaking to me through this dream And I felt like the Lord was really speaking to me about pouring into the next generation um, in love. Because the reality of it is there's a few layers um, to unpack in that dream. So something, I don't know if you guys know this, but when everything happened with um, the murder of George Floyd in the news... BTS actually decided to donate $1 million to Black Lives Matter. Now, if you hear me say Black Lives Matter and you just start flipping out, like, please just listen to my whole explanation. The thing that really touched me about BTS donating to Black Lives Matter is number one, and this is real life, okay? Now, I'm not talking about my dream anymore. I'm talking about Black Lives Matter. Number one... BTS is not an American band. They are not from the U.S. And yet when something tragic happened in the news against a person of color, they decided to donate and take a stand against racism. So I just want to share something that they said um, that was quoted in CNN. So one guy said ours are initiatives that any person who wishes to live in a just world would want to pursue we aren't trying to send out some grandiose message it's about us being against racism and violence most people would be against these things so then another um, quote from them is we stand against racial discrimination we condemn violence you i and we all have the right to be respected we stand together. And so what I just was so deeply touched about race, um, their stand against racism is they live in a monoculture. You know, they live in Korea where they don't have to see people of different races. But another thing that someone else, one of the other band members said is, we always want to do what we can to make it a better world, whether in Korea or elsewhere, okay? And so why I'm sharing all these random things is because I feel like there is a message there for the church to receive. And, that, and to me, I just love how they used their influence to impact an issue that is happening In America in another country and one of the band members in a different article shared how it's because they have experienced racism themselves sometimes when they've traveled around the world people making fun of them for being Asian and they wanted to take a stand against that and I love that and so I am actually in the show notes gonna put a different YouTube video where I heard TD Jake's talking And T.D. Jakes is a bishop, he is a well-known author, and he is a huge influencer in the church community. But something that T.D. Jakes said was just about how, um, that really touched me honestly, was about how that's okay if you don't like the organization Black Lives Matter. But can you peel back the ideas of the organization and really just come into agreement with that concept. Do Black Lives Matter? And so he was talking to Christians in the church and he was saying, hey, okay, you don't believe in the organization Black Lives Matter, that's fine. But are you doing something proactive in your life to say, hey, Black Lives Matter to God? And so that's just something that I've really loved and admired about BTS's stand at the time, because they, again, don't live in America. They don't understand the different racial inequalities here, but they wanted to send a message to the world. Hey, we want it. We want the world to know that black lives matter. And that's something that I just, again, want to challenge the church. Now I have been doing this in a bunch of my previous videos, but Okay, we don't believe, if you don't believe in the ideologies of the organization Black Lives Matter, will you donate money to an organization that is godly, that is promoting racial justice? And so that's something that I just wanted to share with you guys, because I think that um, a few things about that dream that really touched me was that guy in the dream, the person of color, was actually making fun of BTS. But instead of them being angry at them, what they did was show love and start mentoring that next generation into something that they're really good at. And so, I just was thinking about that later about mentorship even and about forgiveness and about reconciliation because something else I've shared in my previous videos is it's not that um, we haven't made mistakes in this area as people I'm sure many of us have made mistakes in this area of even just like racial stereotypes or maybe just blatantly you've said something racist but the Lord I believe can change us if we've done that and so I even shared in my last video a story about uh, me and two of these high school guys that were classmates who said some racially insensitive things to me and something I think back to about that story is a couple years after I graduated high school I saw one of those guys at a formal that I went to in college it was at his college, and I remember going to that formal and seeing him and his um, his girlfriend there, who were both at, from my high school. And I remember us just chit-chatting and hugging each other when we saw each other, like we were old high school friends. And something—the reason why I wanted to share that follow-up is because. We as people will make mistakes, but in the Lord, I believe that there is reconciliation. And, and if we forgive, there can be that reconciliation. And so I just wanted to um, bring that up to you guys, because I think that in the dream, another layer the Lord was showing me about bts was they were mentoring that next generation and so i pray for them i pray that they would know the lord so i know that right now i don't think they follow the lord but i just pray that one day they would know god's love but something that i just want to share with you guys is just about like spiritual mentoring the next generation and why it's important to a, a believer someone who professes Christ. Okay. The reason why I think it's important, I think it's also, um, about stewardship really. And so I just want to share, um, something that one of my favorite authors in a book I read that she wrote, I think it was her book. It's called, um, Godmothers. And in that book, she said something along the lines, be the leader that you never had. So I know that in life, there are times that we can really be hurt by leadership, by even church leadership, but something that I love when Lisa Bevere called that out is, hey, in life, you might not have ever found that leader that you have been longing for, but you can be the leader that you never had. And that's a thought that I've really been pondering in this area of spiritual mothering and fathering, because of course, like we all long for that mentoring sometimes. Okay, maybe not all of us, but I know for me, especially when I was in my twenties and thirties, I longed for that mentoring, but there did come a point in my life where it's like, okay, that mentor that I've been longing for for years has never come along, but I can be that person for someone else. And that's a thought that I really wanted to encourage you guys because I think that it does have to do with just loving the next generation but also being obedient to God in stewarding our gifts. So I just want to share another scripture with you guys, which is from Luke 19. Um, starting at verse 12, he said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, "'Sir, your mina has earned 10 more.' "'Well done, my good servant,' his master replied. "'Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, "'take charge of 10 cities.' The second came and said, "'Sir, your mina has earned five more.' "'His master answered, "'You take charge of five cities.' Then another servant came and said, Sir, here's your mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposits that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has more, no, I'm sorry. I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away, but those enemies of mine who Did not want me to be king over them. Bring them here and kill them in front of me. So, this is a parable of the ten minas, and it really talks about stewardship. How the Lord gives us these talents, and what are we going to do with them? Are we going to hide them away and not even deposit it into a bank to um, gain interest, or are we going to use them? so that one day when the lord returns he'll look at us and say well done good and faithful servant and you know because you've been faithful over these 10 i'm going to give you 10 more because you've been faithful over these five i'm going to give you five more if you think about that i think that spiritual fathering and mothering is really important in stewarding our gifts well because how are we going to multiply what the Lord has given us. Really, you know, we can stick at a bank and we can um, do all these things to see it grow. And that I think is definitely a part of stewardship. But another thing I think is a part of stewardship is mentoring the generation that is coming after us, whether that is our own children in the natural or whether it's spiritual children. And I'm not just talking Um, This message isn't just for church leaders. It's really like, let's say you're a businessman or woman. Are you mentoring the next generation in leading a business? The the mistakes that you've made, are you helping others um, not make those mistakes by sharing your testimony? I think those are the kinds of things that the Lord has really been speaking to uh, me about, about spiritual fathering and mothering, because I think that, you know, um, I remember one time my husband in ministry, we led this small group and there were about 10 young adults and and I was astounded when we went around and everyone shared their testimony. Of those 10 young adults, nine of the people there had lost a parent, whether that was through divorce, whether that was through being given up for adoption, whether that was through um, a death, an early death in the family, or early death even by sickness. It was literally astounding sitting in that small group. And I just remember the Lord speaking to me about just um, his heart for those who, you know, have really come from these hard family situations where maybe they were not spiritually guided well by their parents. Maybe they weren't even physically provided for, their, for themselves by their parents. And the Lord was really just sharing His heart with me about pouring into the next generation. Not just, I know sometimes we as parents, like we're so busy running our kids to this thing and that thing and this thing that I felt like the Lord was like, Eunice, would you sacrifice time and space for these young people, even though you're a really busy mom right now? At that time, I was like homeschooling all the kids. I just had a baby. But I felt like the Lord was like, will you create space for these young ones? And um, that's just a passion that the lord has fueled in my heart and in my husband's heart over the years because we just want to be a safe place for people and but i don't think that's just something that the lord wants for our family i think that's actually something he wants for every family in the body of christ will you rise up to the call and be a faithful steward of the gifts that the lord has given you and pour into the next generation and so thank you for following along with my random video. I feel like it was a lot of thoughts that the Lord has downloaded in my heart. But it's something that I hope that you guys listening will process and chew on in these days to come. Because I think that more and more it's going to be important. I think more and more people in the, um, you know, in the world are just longing for these mentors, for these spiritual fathers and mothers who will point them to Christ through all the highs and lows of life. So thank you so much for watching. I hope that you are all having an amazing week. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, But what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us. You can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you. And we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, So thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time.